Hi, my name's Hudson, and I'm a geoholic. Yo, what's cracking, geoholics? Dr. Nick Smolovsky with another Bad Elf Tech Minute. Thanks for joining us. Today I want to talk about some new geospatial bills that have been signed into law. At the mid to end of last year in 2020, uh, lawmakers sent uh, some proposed law or bills to uh, President Trump, and the president uh, fortunately signed them. They are two different bills. One is called the Digital Coast Act, and the second was the National Landslide Preparedness Act. Uh, MAPS, if you haven't heard of this organization, M-A-P-P-S, is a advocate uh, for different types of programs, legislative affairs, etc. MAPS was highly involved in pr- uh, promoting and pushing uh, these two acts being um, made into law. Uh, both of these geospatial bills focus on the need and importance of geospatial data, its integrity, how it uh, supports decision-making tools, training, best practices. These are the types of laws that um, make mapping what it is today in the United States of America. So uh, congratulations to all of the people involved with getting these two bills signed into law. It's always nice to see federal money coming down the pipeline for people doing surveying and mapping. All right, if you have any questions about MAPS, M-A-P-P-S, I definitely recommend checking them out online. They're a great organization. Otherwise, you can shoot me an email at nick, that's N-I-K, at bad-elf.com. That's nick at bad-elf.com. Would love to chat with you about anything geospatial related or heck for that matter. Just give me a holler and we can chat. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you all soon. Just a quick note to express our appreciation for the 2021 Friends of the Program for their continued support. Please consider their products and services as they have special promos for Geoholics listeners. Aerotech Mapping Inc., ATMLV.com, Advanced Geodetic Surveys Inc., AGSGPS.com, Bad Elf GPS, Bad-Elf.com, Cobb Fenley, CobbFenley.com, Cyanic Automation, cyanicautomation.com, Diamondback Land Surveying, diamondbacklandsurveying.com, Get Kids Into Survey, getkidsintosurvey.com, Land Surveyors United, landsurveyorsunited.com, Mentoring Mondays, mentoringmondays.xyz, Monson Engineering, monsonengineering.com, Parkland Community College, parkland.edu forward slash land dash surveying, Safety Apparel, safetyapparel.us, and last but not least, Tiger Supplies, tigersupplies.com. Such a great song. It's, it's the story of my life. <laughs> oh, this is so fitting for tonight. We're going to get to it here in just a bit, but it's a perfect song. Welcome to the Geohawks Podcast, recording live from the Cobb Fenley Sue Sue Studio. Thanks for listening to episode 66, also known as... This is a no-brainer. Yes, it is. Mario Lemieux. Love it. Uh, born in Montreal, 1984, number one overall pick by the Pittsburgh Penguins. He was actually inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1997, before the three-year period. And then he came back and played from 2000 to 2006. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. So. Ageless. Okay. Yeah. No, he's got a, a litany of records I can read off, but we don't have that much time on our hands tonight. We don't. All I know is you're going to make a lot of people happy with that choice. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. One specific Canadian. Yes, sir. 
All right. What a great time to be a geoholic. So much going on already this year. We almost need to hire an assistant. So all interested parties, 36, 29, 38, uh, feel free to send your qualifications to info at thegeoholics.com. We had our first monthly virtual hospitality suite last week. And truth be told, I think it was a great success. Would you I, agree? It was better than expected, to be honest with you. Yeah, we had a blast. And uh, I mean, uh, I can't wait for the next one, to be honest with you. And how about that stellar lineup of friends of the program we have this year? It's a good year. I'm not Pretty impressive, lie. right? It, it, it's, it, it's a murderer's row. Yes, it is. This is no joke. Be sure to patron them, as pretty much all of them have special offers for Geoholics listeners. Speaking of patrons, we have a new patron, that being Brendan Coleman. So our new best friend... Brendan will be receiving a Geoholics fan pack just as soon as the new hats come in. Yes. We have to wait for that and for me to ship them out. And Big Shoots has put it out there to the universe that he is going to be much better this year at getting these mailed out in a timelier fashion. That's my resolution. There you go. So you too can become a Geoholics patron by simply visiting patreon.com and searching for the Geoholics. PJ. Tell us about that opening number. All right, guys. Story of My Life by Social Distortion. Um, they're a American punk rock, ba- punk rock band formed in 1978 in Fullerton, California. Um, to date, Social Distortion has released seven full-length studio albums, two compilations, one live album, and two DVDs. Um, Social Distortion rose to fame with their 1990 self-titled third album, which produced their well-known hit singles, Ball and Chain, Story of My Life, which you just heard, and the cover of Johnny Cash's Ring of Fire, um, and they were certified gold. So um, they're considered one of the best-selling punk rock bands and with more than 3 million, 3 million albums sold worldwide. Jake has no idea who that is. I don't. You, I Ring of Fire? Johnny Cash? I've got you, that. You know I don't that. think I've heard their cover, but... <laughs> it's really no, good. He has no idea who we just talked about <laughs> it's right really there. Good. No. really good. <laughs> I just learned about it right there. There you go. <laughs> Learn something new every day, PJ. Add sure value. Do. Right on. Um, so the reason I picked the song, one of our guests this evening is a huge Social Distortion fan. We'll get to that in just a second. I know he's seen him a couple times. I've seen him a couple times. And Arizona, I think, is almost like their adopted second home or something. I mean, they used to spend a lot of time here. So I was telling Jake that when they come to town, it's like three nights in a row. Exactly. Out. Yep, for sure. For sure. And they always play really small venues, which is an absolute blast. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, give this week's... Highlighted friend of the program, a shout, and that is Bad Elf. Shoots, well, what you got? Bad Elf LLC. They envision, design, and manufacture niche hardware and software by mixing decades of experience and expertise in embedded hardware, firmware, middleware, and application software. Bad Elf specializes in affordable, reliable, high performance GNSS receivers for GIS mapping and field data collection. All of their products are lightweight, portable, and provide a battery life of 24 hours for a full day of data collection activities. And we can't forget Dr. Nick. So reach out to Dr. Nick Smolovsky at nick at badelf.com or visit their website, bad-elf.com. They're developing low-cost, high-accuracy GPS receivers for all-day data collection. Mention that you heard about the Flex uh, receiver on the Geoholics and receive $100 off of your purchase and a highly coveted Bad Elf hat, which I am actually not wearing tonight. It's been a while since you haven't had that hat. I know. I had to I had to pull out the Mets hat tonight <laughs> with the good news today of our GM being fired. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Total side note. Bad Elf Tech Minute. Everybody yep. knows that. Listen to them. They are awesome. Uh, Elon Musk is the richest man in the world. All right. There uh, you I, go. I, hey, I think SpaceX, Nick, and... 
uh, Jake here. Yep. They we get sh- along way too well we on sh- that. We show uh, we share a mutual interest. Yeah, they nerd yeah. they nerd out. No, when, no. They're, when they're in the same area, it's just like, oh boy. Yep. We'll, we'll stop listening and <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go stare at the wall in the corner. <laughs> All right. So with that being said, our weekly pod word is flex. Ooh, that's for obvious a, reasons. It's an easy and effective. Yep. Just a reminder, if you email us the pod words from each episode for the current month before the first of the next month, your name will be in a raffle for that month's mind-blowing raffle prize, which this month is a $100 Amazon gift card. So listen to the episodes, send us the pod words, and win some really cool prizes. Is it bad that I don't even remember the pod words? That's bad. I, yeah, I remember all of them. I'm gonna get that hundred dollar gift card. You're gonna have to. Hey, I, like, got, I got flex. You're gonna have to email me from somebody else's account. Oh, I will. I got a whole you bunch. You are of, not eligible. I got a whole bunch of emails lined up. Press, Presleygrow at gmail.com. Yeah, Zach yeah, exactly. Gooch at landsurveying.com. The Gooch. All right, let's catch up the boys. Uh, PJ, anything new, bud? Um, not too much new. Um, three day weekend this past weekend with Martin Luther. So I made a uh, little thing to myself. Do I wanted to go sailing every day? Um, so I did go sailing every day, but I talk about that a bunch. So, but one other thing that I did notice when I was at the, at the lake, I was at Tempe Town Lake on Saturday and there was a dad there with, he had to have been like his kids and like a few of his buddies or something, but they were standing out on that little dock and they all had one of those magnet fishing lines yes. with the red string it was the same exact one that you have <laughs> nice. and they were throwing them out there. there had to have been like six or seven of them and i was just watching them and i was hoping they were going to pull something out like a was, gun yeah it was like right by the boat ramp so i'm thinking like a pair of keys or yeah. just like at least something but they didn't they didn't get anything but i was just thinking i mean that's it's mainstream now once the kids start doing it once they get i'm sure yep. these these little guys were probably on youtube one day saw this stuff went and got their dad bought these things online mm. but Magnet fishing coming back. It's in the mainstream. So, so what you're saying is once the kids start listening to the geoholics, then we're mainstream? We're mainstream, yeah. Oh, all right, I like we gotta it. we got to get on TikTok, boys. Yeah, we should. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> we should. <laughs> um, PJ, speaking of Saturday, um, are you having the party this Saturday for the, the McGregor fight? Oh, I don't know. We should. Yes. I, that's going to be a huge fight. Abu Dhabi, yes. Fight Island. Yep. Is that is that at your house? Come on over. Right. There we, we go. Can, we That's all record, I wanted to hear. We can yeah. record live from there. <laughs> we, we can uh, find a good way to watch it. Dana, uh, if you're li- Dana White, if you're listening, sorry, yeah, but exactly. we can't pay for that. So that Saturday night, we can spend the night on his couch, and then we can watch mm. uh, Patrick Mahomes hopefully, hopefully play mm. on Sunday. Hopefully. He'll he'll be good. He'll, I already talked to him. He'll be good. Uh, okay, <laughs> you got the inside line. Yeah. Huh? Mm-hmm. Well, if he doesn't play, do you think they have a chance? I know you. Yes, I know but you it's text, small. I know you text out the anything can happen. Well, it's true. Hashtag oh anything can oh happen. Oh my goodness, my wife I don't know about loved that. that one. The lovely Carrie was like, "Oh, I love a good pun." <laughs> I, don't know I can't that. take credit for that. Patrick actually tweeted that out right after we won <laughs> from the locker room. Nice. Well, his brain was apparently working. Yeah, it was that. firing on all cylinders. Yeah, for exactly. Sure. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, what you got? Shoots. A whole lot of nothing. Nothing Just going keep, on. Keeping it quiet right now. Yeah. I brought you brought you your total station. Oh yeah, yep. Shout out to Hudson for putting that together for oh, me. Right. He did a fantastic job. That, it took him how long? It, it took a little bit actually. Did that really? one was that one was tough. See, I mean, however long it took him. If it took him a long time, I probably would never have gotten it done. It was just because I don't have the patience for it. And know? it had instructions, and he did it, and it took its time. But then the the drone from Mark, yeah. Mark Taylor, friend of the program from. Way back, what was yep. that, like episode three like, at this point? Could be, yeah. Jeez. Uh, he sent the drone. He built that in 10 minutes yeah. with no instructions. That thing was difficult. He's like a savant. Is, so, that, a, is that a good word? Yeah. No, yeah. and I talked to a you. Lego David, savant. I told you the other day he wants to be an architect now. So awesome. he, he's following in the uh, Delphi Delph 
footsteps. Yeah, I can point him in some directions. He might not want to listen. And but. I did bring up Delphi Delph the other day, yeah. and he was like, is that a bad word? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's just not something you should say. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, I was with Glenn the day that uh, that story yeah. happened. Yep. Yeah. What's up, Delphi Delph? Yep, yep. <laughs> I, so funny. I, I could just see that walk, the peacock. I saw it on the golf course. <laughs> I didn't see it at the bar, though. Hey, when you drive the green, you can have that walk, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. And when a teenager, well, 21-year-old <laughs> calls you Delphi Delphi. College yeah. student. Yeah. Okay, yeah. there you go. You tend to get a big head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what's what's new with you, though? Oh, man. Um, well, we were in uh, at the Tiny Piney this past weekend. And I'm, Is it weird that I like shows about prison and serial killers? No, no, I think the true crime all. stuff right now is like really? so Really? Okay, well, good. That Whether it be the podcasts better. and... Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure what it says about me, but I watched uh, Night Stalker on Netflix. Really cool, the Richard Ramirez story. I mean, the guy's a complete whack job, but it's so intriguing to me for some reason. One of the scariest mugshots of all time. Mm-hmm. Very scary, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> so if anybody out there you know, analyzes personality disorders and can shed some light on that, feel free to shoot me an email. I've been watching that 60 Days In in Pinal County. Is that good? Oh, I've yeah. watched a couple of those. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. It, gives, it gives me a flashback. So it's Pops. <laughs> <laughs> chin check. A little chin check from Pops. Uh, well, they, they got the, uh, the heads and the enforcers. I was like, I know these words. <laughs> been there, done that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> got, the, got the boxers. Yeah. <laughs> pink, pink ones. Yep, yep. All right. The Safety Apparel Safety Share. Shoot, you got something good for us? Uh, eye strain. Oh. Everybody's got their phones and you're staring at them all day. Eye strain is what happens when your eyes get tired from intense use, like when driving a car on a long road trip, reading in low light, or staring hour after hour at a computer screen, which is Jake's life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, biggest ways to fix those, take breaks, shift focus from near to far regularly. Just look out the window. It's that easy. Uh, reduce glare, no direct light on your screen. Apparently that's a thing uh just contrast and color use full spectrum lighting i got nothing with that so yeah, there's like a sure. little thing you can do on the new iphones and like your your to where have you seen that the yeah night the, shift? the different like moods you can use yeah so like you like have that. it I, i've got it on my phone to where I, like at um sunset it'll turn on and it does a lot of like more of like an orange tint to it mm-hmm. um when it's supposed to like get a get a lot of that blue light out of there so you can start to wind down and be able to sleep because apparently that blue light stuff before bed is, is and not the, good and that's the same thing with your laptop you can do that where you cut yeah. out that blue light so mm-hmm. Um, a total side note of this, January is safety month and Land Surveyors United members have their first of 12 raffle drawings on the 31st. This month is sponsored by Safety Apparel, giving away a one-of-a-kind safety party mega super pack. That, that sounds huge. Doesn't it? I don't even know what that could say be. It right. That sounds huge, huge. to yeah. the lucky winner. In order to win, uh, convert your member number into a raffle ticket, which gives you 12 chances to win in 2021. You can also get more than one ticket if you sponsor another member who cannot afford it. A portion of every ticket goes to the Skip Faro Foundation, which a, with a mission to send at least one surveyor to school every year. Find out more at landsurveyorsunited.com. Justin Farrell, good guy. He's a good dude. Jaybird. He's a good Good guy. Good guy. Good guy. Glad to hear he's a good guy, though. All right. Awesome. Anything else there, Shoots? No, that's it. Let's get on with this. Let's get to the show. Let's do this. We got this guy here. All right. So, So, yeah. So, as I point, nobody sees it. (laughs) It's a really fun night for me. Our two guests tonight are actually guys that I've known essentially from grade school. So, we're going to have a lot of fun with this. We've got Glenn Abramowski, AKA Glensky, AKA Add Value Make Friends, AKA Train Past the Finish. 
episode six. So if you want to get to know him intimately, check that out. And we also have Tony Mintrup with us, a.k.a. T-Bone, a.k.a. Tony the Tiger. And Tony is a project management professional. So our topic tonight is project management. So first and foremost, thank you guys for being here. Let's have a little fun. Let's do some self-introductions. Glenn, tell us, uh, tell us about your current job, who you work for, and we did this the other night on the hospitality suite. It was a lot of fun. Tell us two truths and one lie, and we need to figure out which is which. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, I'll do the two truths and one lie last. Okay. I'll, I'll wait till Tony does his. No, no, then... no. You're first. <laughs> <laughs> so no. um, the two truths and one lie, let's see. Um, I have two tattoos. I have, um, let's see, three gold medals in World Disabled Ski Championship uh, events, and I'm an alcoholic. Jake, go ahead, man. What's your guess? On the falls? Which one's the lie? On the falls. Yeah. It's got to be the alcoholic. I'd hope. <laughs> no, the night is I'm, young. No, he's I, only got two gold medals. I, I have more than three, more than three gold medals. That's oh. the lie. The the tr- the truth is, I feel like I am a one beer alcoholic. I cannot get through the night with it. At the end of the night, I feel like I deserve one. That's hey, awesome. There's nothing wrong with one that. One beer. One oh, beer alcoholic. No, I don't think that's an alcoholic. That's a good alcoholic. It is. It's a tough. It's a tough. It's a tough no. So. <laughs> hmm. We're not going to judge you for that. Tell us about your uh, your current job, what you do. Yeah, currently with the Boeing Company. It's it's a short-term gig I've had for 31 years, so um, <laughs> I'll probably move it on soon. Uh, <laughs> to retirement. And, yeah, and, re- and episode six will kind of give you the background full spectrum, yeah. but um, that's it for now uh, with regard to career, but a long, a long career of doing project management, um, uh, doing design management, supplier management, and then working for other program managers and project management specialists. Awesome. Appreciate that. Yep. Let's loop Tony in. Tony, uh, tell us what you do, who you work for, and two truths and a lie. All right. I work for Klein Tools, K-L-E-I-N. It's a pretty popular brand with electricians out there. Been around since 1857. Still a family business, sixth generation. And I am uh, in IT right now. But about 14 years ago, I got into project management at my last job, and they, uh, you know, paid for my certification and take the exam and all that. And that's when I realized this is what I love to do. So um, I was able to take that to Klein Tools because uh, they needed project management help in the IT space, where they had a bunch of technology people, but they didn't have people that understood how to roll something out, how to educate users, how to manage risks and budgets. And um, they were just very technical, smart people. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm, I'm leveraging that skill now and having a blast. All right. How long, truth. Oh, go ahead. No, how long did you say how long you've been a client? Eight years. Eight years. Okay. Gosh, man. Yeah. I remember when you got that job. It seems like yesterday. Yeah. I, and by the way, Tony, I thought you knew that you liked it when we were in, uh, California, and we decided to stay late at the beach 
and <laughs> we we kind of squeezed in how much time it would take to get to the airport. That little project called Get to the Airport, and then <laughs> and then we had a plan, but on the way we got the flat tire, and that kind of threw our plan off. So no, you yes. started to learn all about issue management. I like it. Time management. Way to wrap that in there. And so. a little prop. Yeah. yeah, a little problem solving. Yeah, so the project initiation in that case sounded like it was good. He was good. excited. You should have seen the two of us. The planning was good. Oh, yeah. And then you had to uh, had to deal with the adversity. That's great. Great yep. example there, Glenn. I, I appreciate I, it. Real world stuff. Uh, yeah. Tony, the tr- two truths True. and a lie. Uh, let's see. Two truths and a lie. <clears throat> I've never lived outside of Illinois. Um. I'm a avid runner and I busted my tooth at a social distortion concert. I know. Ooh, I interesting. Know. Don't not, say anything. Don't say know. anything. Uh, shoots, what you got? He's lived outside of Illinois. Has he? I nope. believe so. No? Is it I the tooth? So. <laughs> tell us, tell us what's up, Oh Tony. my goodness. I failed. I think the running is the lie. I hate running. <laughs> He's a, he looks so thin and like fit. And I'm like, okay, it makes sense. He's so a runner. You guys understand, though, he is the supreme athlete among us all. He yeah. is incredibly talented in just about every hand-eye coordination type <laughs> and, and very athletic receiver. So you run, but short distances. Yeah, <laughs> to the bathroom. I, have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bet Not you he's a choice. hell of a beer pong player. Oh, man. Hand-eye coordination. Yeah. Bing. That's awesome. I, I like doing October that. October 31st, mm. uh, 1992, Ramon's Social Distortion at oh, the Aragon Ballroom in Chicago. That's Chicago. awesome. That is awesome. Mosh pit, busting my tooth. Yep. It's all I, right. It's Halloween. You had a mask on. Yeah, yeah. I remember when that happened. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't remember it being that show, but I do remember when that happened. <laughs> it just seems so obvious that so he funny. did not live in Illinois his whole life. Uh, Yeah. Huh? Some people, no, man. Some people, right? Boy, I guess. They, they like it there. All right. So let's move on. Um, as I mentioned, our topic tonight is project management. We're going to call this like project management 101. I'm just going to talk about it kind of in general, generality, I guess. Is that a right? Did I make something up there? In a generalized way. There you go. There you go. You know that thing. Yeah. Um, that thing that Jake said. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's start out with project initiation. Now, I, I think that you could probably really simplify project management by looking at almost like a, like, a, like a triangular constraint of scope, schedule, budget, right? So if one is affected, it basically affects the other two. So that is like very, very basic in general, but we're going to dig a little deeper into that. So let's start off with project initiation and how important it is to get off on the right foot. So what do you think, Tony? I, Glenn has already instructed us, always start with Tony. So we're going to start with Tony on every question. Uh, project initiation, you know, making sure you get off on the right foot. What are a couple things that you really need to focus on? Yeah, number one for me is project charter. So you've got to define what the scope of the project is, um, who the stakeholders are, and a rough timeline, what your objectives are with the project. And, you know, if you start with that, you can you can run any project and certainly it goes into more details from there but if you hit those four things and you can document it in a word doc on a page or two um, then you get you get buy-in you um, and then you start getting into the next phase so that's been my experiences i think with 
you know, when you're building airplanes and uh, helicopters, maybe it's a, a little more involved, but, um, you know, million or $2 million implementations, um, you know, that's, that's worked for me. I like it. Glenn, what do you yeah, want to add to that? Yeah, so Tony, you're, I mean, we do those things too for a large and small projects. The, the only things that I would add, um, I always have to think about competitors in addition mm. to that might drive how we uh, tweak the scope. Now, obviously, you, you may have a directive scope from the prime contractor for a customer, but you may want to try and slip some things in there to try and um, throw your competitors off or give yourself an advantage while you're working that scope. And then the other thing is, um, what are your company's longer range strategies and how can you take this project and kind of um, fit it into something that's bigger than even the project itself? So those are two yeah. other things that, and, that I think all project managers should try and influence at least. Yep, really. Yeah, I think one I forgot is the risks too, because you can start off the project knowing, all right, if we don't have these resources involved, mm. if we can't get this funding, if the you know this vendor doesn't come through, uh, it's it's a showstopper. And knowing that up front, and then you can build out your you know risk tracker as you go. I got one question for you guys. Before I do, I want to make sure that, that I say this as far as, you know, laying some additional groundwork. Our listeners are probably, they range from, you know, guys working out of their house, um, doing $1,000 lot surveys, you know, providing a service that way to guys that work for really large companies that, you know, are managing multiple projects to suppliers and vendors. And so we have service providers as well as product providers that, that are listening. If that changes any answers, I have no idea. But I do have one question for you, Tony. You know, you mentioned like, so let's talk about contract language a little bit. If you're, if you as the project manager didn't have any input on the proposal, and then you know the proposal is one, you get it in your hands as a project manager, and you're looking at the proposal like, whoa, 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 how in the heck are we going to do this for this? I mean, what, what, what do you do in a situation like that? Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, ideally, the project manager is involved from the start. I mean, they're the one that's doing the initiation. But if that's not the case and it's handed to you. I do, I do the same thing. I say, whoa, well, we don't even have a charter yet. So let me see what you got here. Let me build the charter and let's, let's go from there and think through all these things. Because if we don't, that's the number one risk there that if you want this to be successful, we need to do this. If, you know, if we don't do it, you're taking a huge risk of, you know, whatever your objectives are and wasting a bunch of money. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Now, just to clarify, when you say charter, what exactly does that entail? Yeah, it's really, um, I, I do it in, in a Word document, and at the top, I write project summary, and then I write project goals, and then I write stakeholders that need to be involved, and then I write risks, and I, I type those out. And I get that, you know, one, two pages tops, and then I get the stakeholders together and say, hey, let's let's review this charter. So we're all in agreement. We've got buy-in. We're ready to, to move forward and initiate this thing. 
I had a quick question too. When you talk about you talk about Word, you're using Word, and I guess while we're still building like the groundwork for this, are there any other softwares that you would recommend or that you use that you use, you know, for your project management, whether it's building the charter or your scope or timeline? What, what softwares do you use for that? Yeah, that's a great question. I've uh, honestly always used Word. I mean, I use other software for the planning and execution of the project, but everyone knows it. It's easy to, you know, email around or upload into a portal like SharePoint or something like that if you're consolidating all your projects there. Some, um, you know, one of the tools that I'm implementing right now for IT service management has a project management component. And when you, you can initiate a new project right in the tool and it's got different tabs and it's got tabs hmm. for business justification risks, tasks, you know, uh, stakeholders. So you can put that right in the tool too if, if you've got something like that. Yeah, so it sounds like that's something like a Microsoft Projects or Bootcamp or Jira or some of these like big name project management softwares or trackers that people use. Yep, yep. Now with, with Microsoft Project, that's more of a scheduling tool, but uh, Microsoft does have something called Project Server, which is... Um, web-based solution and so you can create your projects on there you can have a document library and store your documents um, build forms and then you can have a project charter form if, if you want that's an electronic form that can be routed for approval so uh, but as far as you know if you just download microsoft project on your computer there's not really a place that i i've seen or used to build out um, documents like a charter Gotcha. Let's move on from project initiation. I think we covered that pretty good. Um, let's move on to the project planning stage. And, you know, I think arguably this is probably the most critical part of project management um, to ensure a successful project. And I always like to say, what is it, the... Um, the seven P's, it's proper prior planning prevents piss poor production. And, <laughs> and there's nothing, I don't think there's anything better than that, really. But let's talk about project planning. So, Nailed Tony, it. you touched on, you know, like developing the project plan. It sounds like that's part of the charter. Is that, is that my understanding that correctly? So something that I've, uh, that I like to do in the charter so people have an idea of, okay, what's, a project should have a start and an end. Right. If it doesn't, then it's just some ongoing piece of work that you're service delivery. So from a, um, a, a planning standpoint in the charter, I like to say, all right, here's the major five, ten milestones um, or, or deliverables. And roughly this would take six months, four years, whatever. Um, so that's what I would put in the charter just so. The stakeholders have an idea and we can come to some agreement that, okay, this is going to work or four years, we need this done in a year. Mm. Like, okay, well, we better go back to the scope piece in the charter, revisit that and uh, mm. rescope this or add more resources or, you know, you, you start playing with the triple constraint there. So that's, um, that's how I've kind of introduced that in, in the charter with a rough timeline. Yeah, and I think it's safe to say, you know, again, you know, talking about our listeners and the audience that we have for the most part, and like, like I say, a lot of these folks are working out their house, you know, doing, 
you know, 1500 hour lot surveys by the dozen, basically. Now they're not going to have this, you know, <laughs> I don't know, excessive yeah. project management plan, but yet I think there are certain things that they can incorporate mm. into their daily processes that could still make them better at, I guess, ultimately being profitable, even on these small projects. Yeah. You yeah. Are, let me add something here um, or jump in. So one of the things that, that I I like to do when you're in the planning phase is in your mind simulate the first couple days, mm. simulate the month, simulate the year. Try and you've done these things a hundred times. So simulate it in your head and then just take notes on some of the things that tend to trip you up. Um, identify, like Tony was saying, some of the milestones. And so if you're in some of these smaller projects, just list the four or five things you want to do today as part of mm-hmm. your plan and then simulate it in your head and and then you'll start to be able to sequence the things that lead you to that um to that milestone and what kind of resources you need along the way to get to that milestone and then kind of treat it one at a time and if you if you're into taking notes just jot them down in in a note form um and in in Tony and I's case they become a lot more formal and they become a lot more you know they're they're artifacts that live and breathe throughout the program or the project that then build, you know, you'll build on that plan and those milestones to the first tier, they call it a first tier plan. And then you'll go to the second and third and fourth and fifth levels of what tasks are you going to fit in between point A and point B in, in the milestone charts. So I'm trying to think in terms of, of your mm-hmm. uh, listeners that this doesn't have to be, you know, something as, as formal as like, Tony and I use, but just simulate it and then and think think in advance. It's good to be, mm-hmm. especially if you're you're you do this a lot. You know, you think some days there are things that are throwing you off. You get a, a text from someone. You got a family uh, member that's that's ill. You've got a, a you know oppressing something at your house, and then you just tend to forget. And then you just get going, and you just forget it. Mm-hmm. So if you just you know. Simulate it in your head. Put it yep. down on paper. Yeah. No, I like that. Um, so you could have an email template. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. then you're yeah. working on the house, and here's here's what we do. And then you get a new, mm. uh, you know, proposal, and you change the name, and you send out the email, and it takes you know 15, 20 minutes. But it, you know, I yeah. think it's still important, regardless of mm-hmm. the size of the project, that you're looking at the scope, who your stakeholders are going to be, you know, what your objectives are. Um, yep. what the possible risks are. Because if you're not, then you're going to have to do all that thinking and problem solving farther down the road. And then, you know, that just increases costs or yep. adds to the timeline. Yep. So yeah, it can be super simple. Keep it simple, stupid, right? Yes. <laughs> Kiss yeah. There's nothing wrong with that, yes. uh, especially if you're a small operation. Uh, you guys both said the word resources. Now, resources could come in different forms. You know, it could be resources being GPS equipment. It could, of course, be manpower. Um, how do you like? How do, how do you go about developing a, a resource plan? I guess for for the project. Yeah, you got some thoughts on that, Glenn? Yeah, I mean, again, I I just simulated in my head from one point in the milestone to the next of what. Just pretend you're going to do the job yourself, and then along the way, okay, I've well, whoops, that means I need that GPS. I better go get that. You know, make, put it. What they sometimes call a toolkit, 
that mm. gets you from point A to point B. And make sure you get your toolkit so that all of the, all the things that you need, either people, resources, uh, paper, documentations. Uh, so if you're going to go to a, a someone else's site, you know what are the ingress, egress, where are the, you know the the safety points, the um, how do you keep yourself safe while you're doing the job? Mm. All, all, all those things are part of the resources, and um, and it really the the thing about a program manager or a project manager is you're typically in that role because you've done it or experienced it in multiple times over your career or you're trained at it. So just use your your instincts and your gut and your and your intelligence to think your way through and then just put those all those things down like you said on just a template or a, a you know something simple it says yeah my resources to get from point A to point B equal this mm-hmm. list it and then go and, go and make sure you have them prepared before you go into the task of going from point A to point B yeah, for sure. I love one thing you said there, and that's like the toolkit. Mm-hmm. I like that analogy. That's really cool <laughs> to think about it that way. Um, quality control, that's also part of this stage, I, I believe. Um, that might be something that's consistent You know, with every project. You, know, you kind of have certain things built into it as far as quality control goes. Maybe it's checklists, what have you. Do you guys want to add anything to that as far as quality control goes? I would just add, it's <laughs> got to be built into the schedule. It's not here's my project schedule of tasks and then quality controls off somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You got to, you got to build that into the schedule and time for it and the resources, resources for it. Um, you know, even if it's one task, you know, sure. you gotta, you gotta account for it. Yep. Otherwise it just, you know, in, in the projects, what I've learned in, in projects is you come up with a great plan, stuff happens and whoever's, at the last third of the project that has to deliver, they're always screwed, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because yep. the delays yep. just impact them. So, and that's usually quality con- control comes at the end. Yep. So, um, yeah, you gotta, gotta build that in from the start so that whether it's, um, you know, finding resources, whether it's programming something, whether it's buying materials and, verifying the materials uh, that those people who are responsible for that have to have a quality aspect, quality control aspect in their tasks so that it's done all along the way and helps you keep on track. And you can't skip on any of these. Um, shoots, I mean, quality control is a huge part of what you do. Oh, absolutely. Talk about that, that a little bit. That, that, that's the uh, old days for me at this point. But, yeah, that was a huge part of it. And now I have other people to do that. And not humble but brag. you have people to do it. Humble, that's the important brag. thing. Yeah, no. Yeah. It, what are we going to deliver? A subpar product? No way. Yeah. And, it, and you have the same thing everybody does in their job, even Jake. I don't know what he does for a living, but yeah, he, 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 he controls. Uh, he quality controls us. He edits podcasts. Yeah, exactly. There's a, there's a little project management of it. I don't it. know what he does though. Like it's just Heck magic, yeah. and then hey, we have a show, and <laughs> it's all good. Um, my question is with with you saying that you put it in the contract and everything. Um, is that a risk assessment plan? And like, how do you even start that? Where do you mm. begin? For for the quality, yes, quality control. How do you, how do you with the risk assessment so of an entire project? It, I'll take a crack at this one, Tony. Um, mm-hmm. at, at at your program management plan, at the planning phase, there should be entrance and exit criteria at each of those milestones, 
And whether they're formal or whether, again, you're a smaller business or a smaller project, you should know you're getting close to that milestone. What tells you you're ready to come into that milestone and what tells you you are, you are ready to exit it? So your, your completion criteria and your entrance criteria. And so you try and map in your head, all right, well, what are the things that I need to demonstrate verifica- verification to that overall requirements of that project? at that phase of the of the program. And that's where your quality comes in because they're they're going to be part of those artifacts and making sure that you prepare those artifacts in advance of the milestone and then you document them after so that you're in a on a path that that in a sense um, spirals towards completion getting narrower and narrower to First, you're at a higher level of, of compliance, and then you get a more narrow level of compliance, and now you get to the testing, and you're really demonstrating compliance to the point of delivery where your final end milestone is a completion, and you know you've met all the requirements of that project. So, Yeah, no, I, I like that. And I think that, uh, Ryan, touched on it, the risk assessment. Now, that's going to differ from project to project, and it's definitely something that – I mean, arguably, I guess, again, this could be the most important part Um, because, like, for example, for surveyors, you know, obviously when we're performing projects, whatever, you know, out in the roadway, working in the right-of-way, there is so much risk involved with what land surveyors do that they have Mm -hmm. to take the risk assessment portion of this extremely seriously. And that risk could be diluted, I guess. It could be a, a risk as a result of hiring a subcontractor and maybe they're not following the proper safety protocols and things like that. Uh, Tony, what would you like to add to that? Yeah, I was, uh, you just made me think in a situation like that, you, you've got to know your vendors. You've got to qualify them in advance. And I think that's part of quality control. Yep. Yep. Part of risk assessment as well. I don't know exactly where you'd put that, but you know, I would see that when I think about risks, um, people sometimes confuse risks and issues, but a risk is like a what if scenario. What if this happens? What are we going to do? And then are we going to try and, you know, eliminate the risk or avoid it? Are we just going to mitigate it so it doesn't have as much of an impact? There's different approaches for that. And one of them could be, wow, all right, we've got to make sure that our vendors or our suppliers, um, pass this criteria before we even onboard them sure and then build that in, in, into the plan so whoever's responsible for getting the suppliers uh, that, that's their job and they gotta they gotta qualify them as well so that's like pre-qualifying vendors right that you would use mm-hmm yep I mean, that, that's part of that I would say that's yep. a solid answer but I gotta go back for a second what's that you called me Ryan I did it shoots <laughs> oh sorry I was literally I, stuck in my brain. I'm like, wow. I went to serious I, I mode for a second. Yeah. Sorry. I, I was like, wow, that, that would, it jumped out at me. I was like, so what this, is going on? What you're saying is this whole conversation on risk is going to get edited for an issue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. All right. Well, we started talking serious about yeah. life. I, yeah, there you go. Exactly. He, he got serious. I understand it, but it just threw me off and it grabbed my attention. <laughs> It's like I was mad at you for something. I know. I, I, I heard the lovely <laughs> Carrie saying it. At least you didn't drop my Wait, middle name. Wait, she doesn't call you Big Shoots? No. <laughs> well, it depends on the day, but. <laughs> All right. So we've got our, uh, we've talked about the charter and the project initiation. We talked about the project planning. And 
let's move on to my favorite part, the project execution, you know, making all this happen, resulting in a successful project. Get so, her done. Get her done, right? Exactly. Um, a lot of this <laughs> depends on delegation, really, right? I mean, if you as a project manager, you're probably delegating a lot of these tasks to to folks that you trust. So you have to have a uh, have to have a certain level of of leadership, I guess, at certain positions of the team. Um, Glenn, why don't you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, well, there. Uh, so I like I, I really do try to keep this thing to simple blocking and tackling, and and there are lots of complicated. Um, artifacts that you can use, integrated master schedules, integrated master plans, earn value management, all kinds of really complicated things for big projects, right? Or once you're in, that will give you an indication of whether you're on track. But uh, from a week to week, if you just keep certain things like an action tracker with who's got the action, what is the action, mm. and when is it due, and, yep. and who is going to be impacted if that action doesn't get completed. Sure. Like, I need it by a certain date. Just keep that simple. So if I'm working with a particular supplier, I want that, right? I want them to develop a schedule and them tell me where they feel like they're, they're, they're falling off their plan and show me using their schedule. Um, I like to use the risk tool each week. It's a weekly look, and in the case of something that's smaller or a shorter-term project, you kind of start your day assessing what, what are the risks for this day um, that I can, like Tony was saying, either do something about or just be acknowledge that they exist and try and operate in a, in a, in a more safe way maybe. Uh, so a risk tool where you, you just risks, issues, and opportunities, you look at those on a, on a regular basis. And then at the end of every meeting, I like to ask, what kind of help is needed? What's your help needed? And go around the room and say, no, literally, I need you to tell me. Do you need any help? What is it? And if, if you have something, bring it up. because I, And then, you know, this open and honest communication, I want to have a, a, establish a culture, which is another thing that, that's mm -hmm. really important, mm -hmm. is establishing a culture where the entire team, whatever that quantity of individuals are, has a chance to... Um, voice their perspective on how things are going, what the risks are, what the issues are, what the helps, helps, you know, the help needed items are, and then are we missing something on these action items that keep us going from point to point and they, in the micro day or the micro week or the micro month in a overall larger plan. And again, when, if it's something that's smaller, you can do some of these things Again, on in thought or on paper, in just bullet forms, you know, say, hey, mm -hmm. what, what are my actions today? What do I got to do? Who, who has, who do I need to get me answers for this, that, or the other? And start to sequence it, prioritize those actions so that you, you uh, hit the highest priority or the first on the, the timeline and you go from there. So I, I, I mean, you can answer this in a really complex and textbook way, mm -hmm. or you can answer it more of the just kind of keep things more of the basic blocking and tackling. Sure. And I think that um, I'm going to steal this from, from Thomas Olmstead, as a matter of fact. <laughs> I hope I get this right. But he said, like, if, if you're a project manager, for example, you're like a puppet master of excellence. Mm -hmm. Does that, is that, yep. does that how what he yep. said? Yeah. Yeah. And I think he freaking nailed it with that. And I think, you know, one of the, one of the most important things about the execution stage is clearly defining the tasks, you know, the responsibility, you know, the accountability that goes along with it. Would you agree with that, Tony? Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah. And you got to have uh, a great, great team. Yeah. You know? yeah and that... you gotta, you gotta, you gotta create that, you know, P- people don't, don't just always fall into excellence, you know, every day you, yep. you've got to manifest that. And that's why, you know, there's project managers that can do that. And there's project managers that can't, and they just mm. manage the schedule. Yep. Yeah. You, I, one of the things that I thought about, uh, leading up to coming out, out here tonight was you have to have emotional intelligence mm. as a project manager. Yep. You have to be in some way a little bit charismatic and likable. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be personable, but most of all, and Tony and I have talked about this a number of times, you got to care. Mm-hmm. You yeah. have to care about the project. Number one, yep. you care about the customer and then literally care about the people that are working within the construct of this project. And it's not always easy to do because there's lots of stuff that comes up and you realize that people are people and they're human and you have to be very mindful to, all right, think longer term. This is a short term scenario that we have to work through. Uh, remember that this person is, number one, is uh, a, a, a son or a daughter, all right? And there are, you just got to try and, um, keep that in perspective. Like if this was my child, would I want someone jumping up and down and, you know, throwing paper and, and being intimidating or, um, causing them to feel some set of anxiety. Mm. You, you want to behave in such a way that urgency is demonstrated and that, um, an understanding of what's important without creating it in, in a, an environment that you wouldn't want your child to experience. You, so you just introduced the, the human side of this, basically. So yeah. you, you, uh, you mentioned some things there that, you know, as a project manager, you have to be empathetic, no doubt. And if that's something that I need to try to be really much better at. <laughs> I'm good at that. It's hard to be empathetic sometimes. But also exhibiting uh, humility as a project manager, right? I think that takes you a long way. As far as like getting the respect of your team and, uh, you know, helping them understand the vision and buying into it. Yeah, let's see what Tony has to say on some of the stuff, too. Totally. Well, I started it. You, 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 <laughs> you put a bow on it. I got to just say that you don't yeah, you fall into excellence. Another nugget from the show. You don't fall into excellence. Yeah, that's true. I like that <laughs> one as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and, you know, one of the things that when you use the word humility – as a project manager, you can't be an expert at everything. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, yep. there are plenty of times where I say, listen, hey, I really need the team to help me here because I have no clue in this particular corner of this project. I don't have a lot of experience in this. And so who does? And then let's, it almost, you, mm-hmm. you set the project management to that person sure. for that little corner. You can't be afraid to do that. No. Not at all. Um, I think, Tony, you touched on it. You know, we were, you're talking a lot about communication am- amongst the team, but also with the client. You know, how, how important it is to keep the client abreast of what's going on with the project. Um, talk about the importance of that communication. Yeah, uh, critical. I mean, in, depending on the project, you could have a, uh, a standard check-in with the client and or stakeholders. I've been in projects where I've got my weekly team meetings or my daily scrum meetings. I've got a weekly client meeting and I've got a monthly like executive meeting. And so you've got to, 
in fact, one of the one of the pieces uh, in the project management um, body knowledge is a communication plan, and mm-hmm. how are you going to do communication for your project? Now, um, that's not necessary for for all projects, but you, you still have to think a little bit sure. that that way so that you're talking to the right people about the right things. With the client, though, if if you know. What I've learned is you talk to them frequently with an honest status, whether it's good or bad, yep. and let them know if, if there's something wrong, what you're doing about it. Don't let them, don't let there be any surprises or them find out another way. It's got to come from you. So it, you've got to determine the frequency of communication in order to do that. Yep, no question. I think sometimes it's just, you know, like you mentioned, even the bad news, you gotta be forthright with that. You know, sometimes just you gotta rip the bandaid off, the let them know what's going on, good or bad, and just like you said, how you're gonna how you're gonna solve that issue. Um, good stuff. Let's move I, on. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was gonna just yeah, yeah. add one one thing, and that yeah. is sometimes your customers can help you solve problems too. So sure. yep, when you're point. open yeah, and honest with that, they can help you solve problems. And then there are times where you can help them. Uh, in solving some of their problems that they, mm. where they come to you asking for help in some way. Yep. So it's kind of a two-way street and you want to, everything is a relationship that you hope is something that is, this is not a one-time thing. You want to try and establish long-term relationships with yeah. not only your team, but your customers. Yeah. Great point, Glenn. You know, I mean, clients, they would much rather know right up front, you know, and what you think is a really big deal that's going to, you know, kill a portion of the project. If you just communicate with the client, it may not be that big of a deal after all. There's a workaround, you know? Yep. So yeah, all good points there. Let's move on to, uh, you know, project monitoring and controls. Um, this is a pretty important side of things or portion of the project uh, success just because this is where it comes down to, you know, if, I mean, if, if you're looking at the bottom line of things, this is a huge part of it. So, of course, cost and time management, quality management, risk management, change management, all that is happening right now. And from a project manager's perspective, Tony, what, 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 are, you, what are you seeing at this point? <laughs> so, again, it depends on uh, the size and, and the rigor you put uh, around the project. If it's, you know... This thing is going to take three weeks. Then, I I pretty much have a schedule of tasks and uh, some frequent check-in, and I'm I've got I'm, I'm just talking. You know, we can manage this project through a list of tasks and talking, hmm. and um, you can handle the the risks that way. You can handle uh, issues that come up that way, and you don't have to do a ton of documentation. Um, you know, for, for bigger things, Glenn mentioned several um, documents and there's templates out there all over to, um, to, to manage these things and report on them. But, you know, I, I, I came from an organization, 60,000 employees where I got certified as a PM and um, we had all kinds of templates and spent, you know, hours a week doing administration, which was important to monitor and control the project. Now I come to Klein Tools and we've just got to, you know, do an upgrade on some software. Then 
it's like okay i don't i don't need all that stuff mm. but we're going to communicate frequently and keep tabs on what's going on and you're you're still using the same concepts it's just in a more efficient manner for sure one thing i want to talk about here and uh kind of really i don't know dig into just a little bit is change management because they talk about scope creep. You know, that's something that (laughs) people in uh, like my industry, this is something we have to deal with on a regular basis. You know, you have a, have a client that, you know, you're, you're prom, you're, let's say a construction staking project, for example, and you know, you, you've proposed to stake things a certain way. You've proposed to stake things once you've proposed to stake stake things, um, you know, with this perimeter of the project in mind. And then all of a sudden, you know, your survey crews out there and the superintendent's like, well, I really need you to stake this over here. You know, wasn't really part of the original proposal. In fact, it wasn't, but Sometimes, you know, the, the surveyor out in the field's like, okay, yeah, we'll take care of that for you, blah, 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 and they go ahead and do it, right? Well, then you as a project manager mm-hmm. got to focus on that and be like, hey, hold on a second. Cool, you did that. You know, I'm sure the client's really happy. Now we need to get reimbursed for that. And that's not mm-hmm. always an easy thing to do. Talk about that a little bit. It's not an easy conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, well, hopefully that you don't put your person in the field in that situation and the responsibilities are clear where – Hey, if any change comes up, I need to know about it and and we'll we'll take care of it and come up with a plan from there. And then you've got that um, you know relationship with the client and you can have that conversation and say, okay, if we do this, it's gonna cost this much extra. Um, and here here's why or whatever. And you know, usually those things work out. Yeah. Here now, and again, if you're working for a quality client, a quality contractor, let's say, you're right; those things are going to work out. If you're working for a contractor that looks at you as a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know that thing. Uh, the thing with the thing <laughs> that we talked about. If you're working for a commodity, client, they're trying yep, to get more yep. for than what they pay for. Commodity. If you, yeah. if a, if they look at you like you're a sucker. If the superintendent's <laughs> looking at you like a commodity and they're going to take yeah. advantage of every little bit that they can and get it for free or whatever. Um, and construction taking projects, they move at such a rapid rate. Let's say you have a superintendent that says, hey, you know, I really need you to go stake this over here. Not in the scope, but if they don't have it right then and there, it's like their day is coming to an end, you know, and they've got, they've got, uh, you know, heavy machinery work or waiting and this and that. So they put the pressure on, they put a lot of pressure on for sure. Um, but I, I, again, Tony, like you said, you know, the, the guy out in the field, he has to understand that if, if something like that comes up, you call me, you call me as a project manager before you do anything. Those ground rules have to be laid right from the beginning. Otherwise, yeah. you can lose control of it. You're going to well, get taken advantage totally. of it. Totally. And, and I'll go back to where Tony started this whole thing. If you have a good charter and a good plan, mm-hmm. and then if, yep. you, if you have proposals that have assumptions, make sure you take those proposal assumptions and incorporate them into your charter and in your plan or in some document that then you can then have a review with your, with your mm-hmm. client that becomes part of the contract. Sure. So I, I always teach, so in supply chain management, I always teach procurement agents that there are lots of hidden requirements and hidden expectations that never make their way into the purchase contract. Mm. And those are things that are written in the proposal. Well, the proposal doesn't become part of the contract. It sits dangling out there. The purchase contract has all the requirements in there. Yeah. So take those assumptions and things that seem like they might be... Um, framing the schedule or framing the resources for human resources or, you know, things that are needed for the job and put those assumptions that are in a proposal and get them into the contract. 
Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that, you know, establishing a, um, a relationship with the client is so important right from the get go. Cause if these things come up, you're in a much better position right. to, you know, come out ahead or get reimbursed for the services you provide. If you've got that open line of communication right from the get go. Yeah, and you can handle it, uh, Early on as well, where you mm-hmm. tell the client, hey, here's here's the hours we're estimating for the project based on what we've talked about, these assumptions, and tell you what, because things come up and we don't want to slow things down, we're going to add 20 hours in mm-hmm. right now, and that's how we're going to price it out. So that way, if things come up, we can just take care of it. We don't have to have this formal back and forth change control. Yep. And, and then we're going to track that. And if we end up using less hours, we'll reimburse you for that. Yep. Um, but if it goes beyond that, then so, we're going to, we're, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to have to. It's like a safety net. It. Yeah. It's like a bit of a safety net. Or you tell them, all right, we're budgeting these hours. This is exact. Like anything beyond this, we have to do a change order. Yep. And then they they just know up front. And it's documented. It's in the contract. Mm-hmm. And some clients may say, Oh yeah, I don't I don't want to pay anything more than I have to. So okay, well let's do the planning really well so it we don't have these surprises come right. up or we minimize them. Yep. Or okay, you don't want to you don't have time for planning. Then fine, take the option where there's an extra twenty hours in there. Yep. And you might have to pay a little extra, but it goes smoothly. Yep. For yeah, sure. and I, and I I'm laughing ear you know ear to ear because. In the Department of Defense work, you can't do that. That set that just reserve aside. It's against rules for truth in negotiations and TINA compliance mm-hmm. and things like that. So, I don't know if you're doing Department of uh, you know stuff for the state <laughs> of, of Arizona. Sometimes you can you know there there are things you have to follow different rules on sure. those. But yeah, yeah. Um, if you're doing like I, you know, I like state the idea of work, yeah, yeah, I like and the idea. Two, yeah, two different worlds here. Yes. for sure, of course, and that's the beauty of it. Um, so, you know, with that, and then there's lots of times too where, you know, the success of your your portion of the project is dependent on other, let's say, contractors performing their their role or their, they, what you know, what they're pr- proposing to do correctly. So it gets really, really messy. Domino no doubt about it. The domino sure. effect. Yeah. And you just got to control it. You got to control yeah. it. You can't, you can't let it fester. You can't let it get out of hand. You got to, you got to nip it in the buttons, they say. Sometimes you, you pick up a mess from somebody else and mm-hmm. you just got to run with it and get it squared away. But for sure. All right. Let's, uh, let's get these projects closed out, right? This is the, um, <laughs> this is the easy part, right? Not so much. What a segue. Yeah. You I'm like that? I'm impressed. We've been doing this too long. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's talk about project closeout. Um, you know, this is where you're taking a look back, you know, at the at the overall performance of the project. You, you, let's say, you know, from a, you know, maybe a, an, an effort perspective and, of course, a cost perspective. Um, and most importantly, I think that, you know, this is the, this is a great time to document what worked and what didn't. You know, every project is not going to go perfectly. In fact, probably none of them are. But if you can learn from the mistakes that were made in the project... That's invaluable. If you don't learn and you continue to make the same mistakes, well, that's pretty shitty. <laughs> but what yeah. do you what do you think about that, Tony? Yeah, you're you're exactly right. There's a typical project debrief. You get the stakeholders involved, yep. and you you know you review exactly what you said. Here's what went well. Here's what could have gone better. 
Um, and certainly you're celebrating for sure. Here's what we accomplished. Hmm. Um, here's what we overcame. Here's how you helped us out, you know, customer, client, vendor, A, B, whatever, and uh, make everyone look good, be humble about it. Yep. Um, and, you know, document it and say, hey, here's the, the things that we know we would do repeat, we would repeat mm-hmm. or do differently the next time we work together, you know, to kind of just keep assuming we're going to do work with you again and keep that relationship going. Yes. And again, quality clients are going to love this communication. You know, if you just send them the final invoice and go on your merry way, that's like the worst thing you could do, quite honestly. You know, your quality clients are going to love that communication. Again, showing humility and, you know, putting it out there. Hey, this is what we think we did good. Just want to confirm with you guys that you're happy with that. And here's where we know we messed up and where we're going to do better in the future for you. So absolutely. Glenn, it looks like you got something to say. Um, I'm also thinking in terms of, so number one, we, we never celebrate enough for mm. victories. Um, good point. I, I wish we, you know, any project, even it's small or large that we celebrated more. Um, it's, it seems to be we're on to the next thing. So I, I agree with Tony for, for bringing that up. The celebration part, um, is a key cause, uh, you know, it's not just stressful, um, for, the project lead or, mm-hmm. you know, functional leads throughout the project, you know, there's stress in itself for everyone else that's working the project. So celebrate is great. One of the other things I think about is um, your completion is a good place to start selling again. So you want to start this next sale. Um, and some of it is marketing and some of it is you know, where you, you have planned as part of your expenses to your organization or your program to where maybe you go and say, okay, hey, we we finished our part and now there's still life to the client's project. And you f- check in on occasions to find out how is your product being used in the overall project and is it still working? Do they Do they have any... You know, again, it's not just at the end of your particular purchase contract or your contract. Go beyond that a month later or two months later or three months later and start to check in to find out this lessons learned. Because they may learn some lessons three months now Mm. from then and they may say, ah, we're really frustrated with X, Y, and Z. And you go, oh, that would have been an easy fix. And maybe you do it for free, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's so easy. And then you're like, holy cow, you've, you've established a relationship that is going to set you apart from your peers. Yep. Yep. Man, really good point. Really good point. Uh, Tony, you got anything to add to that? I was just thinking kind of overall, I I could see where project management can be a a differentiator for, you know, your business Mm. where you do these things, not overkill and drag people through it, but, you show them you're organized, you deliver, and you're ready to do, you know, apply learnings on the next project and and, and work with them. And uh, yeah, that can make you not the commodity. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and Tony, your products, I'm guessing, have a long life after them. So there's probably yeah. still some amount of uh, what, what do you do for maintenance? What do you, you know, because there's another business model that 
Um, I don't know entirely with regard to Kent and the rest of the team here is business models, but there's a there's follow-on business mm. from the business that you just had. And mm-hmm. just, if you can go find that follow-on business and make that part of your project, yep. you know, it's, again, like Tony said, it it project management becomes the kind of the the centerpiece to really just your philosophy on how you want to run your business. For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Couldn't have said any better myself. Um, so we've, we've gone through the phases of project <laughs> management. That's great. This <laughs> okay. is perfect. I think we close. nailed it. Can we that celebrate? Awesome. Can we celebrate? We're celebrating. Yeah, no sure. question. Yeah. Was, this, was this a success or a failure? Oh, uh, it's an absolute success. Okay. No I question. I just had to make sure. Yeah, we're celebrating Client for sure. Client is happy. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt about it. Um, so it just as, as you know, as a whole, is there anything else about project management that uh, you guys would like to add, whether it be based on a, a certain experience or something like that, just something that might add value to the conversation? Tony, you want to go ahead? Um, I would say fail to plan, plan to fail. For oh, sure. That's, that's now he great. just jumped and, ahead and got the mantra question out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. and the and the thing that um, I think people can get overwhelmed with it, you know, there's the certification, mm. there's all these phases, mm-hmm. there's all these documents, and just think about how you live your life. I mean, you plan out your day, you plan out a meal, you you know, plan out Thanksgiving day and there's, you know, predecessors and, um, you know, successor tasks and timing and, you know, it's, everybody does it. So it's, it it can be done and it shouldn't be, you know, no one should, should fear it and people should look at it as, yeah, I can adopt this and add value. Yep, exactly. And when you when you do it, you're gonna sleep better at night. Oh, absolutely. Right? I, I sure. no question. When you have a clear head, I sleep so much better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Glenn, you got anything else to add? Maybe we haven't touched on? No, I think we've hit all the things that were on my my notes. Again, just the emphasis though on that it's a team sport. So hold on a second. Not uh, everything, because you told me when you sat down there was something you wanted to talk about and it had to do with going on a walk. Uh, Oh well, that was that's more mantra stuff. Okay, let's okay, okay, we'll get to that then. We'll get to that then. <laughs> so, whoa, 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 whoa! Hold on, let's not jump the gun yet. we're not there yet. So, just I mean, we're still kind of staying on topic here, but I'm just curious, you know, for both you guys. I mean, what are you guys excited about for 2021? You know, whether it be professionally or personally. Tony, why don't you go ahead and start with this? Well, <clears throat> I've tried to keep uh, a positive attitude through all of 2020 that was going on, and see the you know good things that came out of it um so i've been you know i feel great about 2021 i mean yeah there's uh, annoying things i think one thing that jumps out is uh, my oldest daughter is going to be going to college next year wow allegedly or (laughs) hopefully hopefully whether it's at home or you know on campus but um this is you know first one and this is uh pretty exciting she's a talented girl so i'm excited to go through that process that's awesome man congratulations yeah thanks very cool glenn what do you got bud i am looking forward to my little brother seems to be putting together a little reunion in chicago (laughs) seems like masks and uh staying at tony's house (laughs) (laughs) 
So I'm really looking on. forward. Yeah, I'm really <clears throat> looking forward to where en- enough people have been vaccinated to where the the folks that are not as at risk don't impact the folks that are at mm. risk, and we can start um, doing some of this uh, reconnecting with friends and and family. Uh, I miss the human uh, mm-hmm. interaction yep. a lot, and I think that I'm looking forward to seeing how fast we and in what parameters we can do to get those things done safely. And um, I'm way way overdue for a Chicago trip. And oh, in fact, oh, I'll, I'll do this in a sec when when someone else is talking, but I'll get this ready. All right. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, so that's what I'm kind of looking forward to in the coming year. Awesome. All right, shoots, hit hit them with the mantra. Well, I got to add value, make friends. Yep. Train past the finish. Plan to fail. Puppet master of excellence. (laughs) Fail to plan, plan to to fail. fail. Yeah, those are out. So you guys got to bring your A game here. Add value, make friends is, uh, (laughs) 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 I believe in this guy. Let's start with you, Tony. Uh, Well, one of the other things that I was thinking of um, that I wanted to, to share, so I'll throw it in here and see if it fits, is a certification doesn't make you good. Hmm. Um, but experience and continuing education, which the certification requires, does. Really good. And very fitting. Perfect, That, that honey. seems like train past the finish. Sure. If you wanted to simplify what he just training. said. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Glenn, you got a big smile on your face over there. What, yeah. what, you like a little guy, kid. This guy's a no, wealth. We, we got awesome. to let Tony. Is that, is that, is that your mantra? You're going to, you've got, I'm, I'm confident that Tony is about as wise an individual as I know. Oh, so He's saying you let us down, Tony. No, that was, he was kind of backing <laughs> up to what he forgot to say about the project planning, I think, right? Uh, or was that your mantra? That's yeah, my, my mantra is um, uh, live every day for a purpose. Like it? Man, oh, man, you get some can't, good can't mantras. Can't lose with that on one, thing. man. Oh, what do you got, Glenn? What do you, it's like you're pulling something out of a sack over there. What's going on? <laughs> so, well, yeah, but so the whole um, you, you guys were already bringing up the train beyond the finish line. Yeah. That's, uh, that's one of my, you know, go-tos. That's Glen, that's Glensky gold of them right that there. I, I searched this on the internet far and wide to see if because I thought I read this somewhere, and I have it in different presentations that I've said uh, I've used this before, and I thought it was an Emerson quote, but I can't find it anywhere on the internet. And if it's not on the internet, it must not exist, right? <laughs> Agreed. So here it is: <laughs> the length of my walk equals the depths of my thought. Like it. Like mm. it, and I've been doing a lot. Ryan of goes on long, long walks. Went deep. That's on that strong. One. Now, yeah, I, well, now I feel better. I just now Ryan's I'm, under the influence uh, when he goes on his no, walks. No, no, no. <laughs> it, but isn't it true, Ryan? <laughs> no, you, uh, you yes. can find. It's a great time it to really actually good, yeah. simulate your project. We can bring it back to the project, right? You simulate yeah. your lo- your day. You simulate mm-hmm. your life. You reflect on your life. You say, "What did I do rotten today? I got to mm-hmm. be better. I, I want to be a better person today." tomorrow than I was today. You do all that thinking, and if you mm-hmm. walk long enough, you're going to have plenty of conversations, and they it, always within say... Within your that, head. Right, within your head. Uh, you Don't talk out loud, because there might be people listening. I, right? I yeah. walk through my neighborhood, and people think I'm crazy. <laughs> yeah. So those are those are some the things that, that create really good... Um, and one of the things, I mean, literally, I was walking, and I called Tony the other day, and I get off the phone, and I'm like, man, 
I mean, Kent knows this, and I hope you guys recognize how awesome of, of an individual. Of if, if there is a person of, of, you know, he is probably the person with the most character, the most care, the most ethics, the most um, patience. And I keep thinking that those are the. Th- I just want to be like Tony. <laughs> <laughs> That's high praise. Yeah, no right question. No, no, that that is, about I, it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think Tony's blushing in, in the camera. <laughs> I can just see it. I'm just gonna take that humbly. <laughs> yes. And uh, you know, not not pull the, uh, you know, start talking about all your attributes to make you look better now. Well, hey, and well, by we're the gonna way, have a group. We're gonna that's have... really nice of you to say, Glenn. He's we're we're going to have a group hug here in yeah, a minute. You deserve it. But here's, here's what Kumbaya I wanted to do. It's coming. Sweet home, Chicago. Oh. Well, Blues Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting the band back together. We're putting oh, the band back I together. I love it. That Glenn, is awesome. <laughs> Glenn's on a mission from God. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> oh, God, that's awesome. Really good, guys. Well, do you guys have anything else you want to add? I just want to say, I go on walks and... Glenn nailed it. Yeah, there you go. Give give it to us one more time. The length of my walk equals the depths of my thoughts. I'm going to have to go home and tell the lovely Carrie. I'm going to have to go home and go on a walk. Go Google it. I can't find it, so I'm I'm going to somewhat claim it's mine, but I... I, until I find otherwise, I'm claiming it's mine. Hey, we, we claimed uh, Add Value Make Friends as our yeah, own. So We, we kind of <laughs> stole that I, one. I, uh, I authorized it. Okay, we, yeah, we you. bought the trademark <laughs> rights. I authorized <laughs> the, it. For the sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, anything else? My, uh, my Jake, biggest, my yeah, biggest takeaway. Yeah. You called me Ryan like four times tonight. Oh, my God. Well, what's shoots. wrong with me? I don't know. What's Man, going on? I, like, I am I in trouble? Are I'm you so serious tonight. I, I feel like odd. You just keep saying it, and it gets me every time. <laughs> like you I'm call like him your dad. I call you in the middle of the day. Shoot, 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 shoots. <laughs> Bob, shoot, shoot. Oh, God, that's funny. And then you're Ryan tonight. I'm like, uh, All right. you know that? why? I'll the, reel it in. The Dan Ryan Expressways. He's got oh, Chicago on his mind. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, Jake, you got anything, buddy? Nothing, no. I liked all the uh, PM stuff, and it was good. Awesome. Awesome. Excellent. Well, hey, guys, thank you so much for being here. This was an absolute blast. Can't wait to catch up with you after the show here a little bit. Um, but thank you. Awesome. Awesome content. As far as I'm concerned, that's a wrap, boys. Clearly another awesome value-adding show. Adding value and making friends. Yep. Please be sure to check us out at thegeoholics.com. Follow us on all reputable social media outlets by searching for The Geoholics. Download all of our podcasts from Apple, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, Don't forget to download the Geoholics app from Land Surveyors United and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Send us an email at infothegeoholics.com if you have any fresh, with a PH, content ideas or would like to be a guest on a future show. We're currently booking into April, if you can believe that. Dates are filling up fast. Finally, please support our awesome friends of the program every chance you get. They would love to hear from you and be sure to mention that you're a Geoholic. Pay it forward. Add value, make friends, social distortion, story of my life, available everywhere. As always, be safe and healthy, everyone. Once again, thank you to our friends of the program, Aerotech Mapping, Inc. at ATMLV.com, Advanced Geodetic Surveys, Inc. at AGSGPS.com, Bad Elf GPS at Bad-Elf.com, Cobb Fenley at CobbFenley.com, Cyanic Automation at CyanicAutomation.com, Diamondback Land Surveying at DiamondbackLandSurveying.com, 
Get Kids Into Survey at GetKidsIntoSurvey.com. Land Surveyors United at LandSurveyorsUnited.com. Mentoring Mondays at MentoringMondays.xyz. Monson Engineering at MonsonEngineering.com. Parkland Community College at Parkland.edu slash LandSurveying. Safety Apparel at SafetyApparel.us. Tiger Supplies at TigerSupplies.com.